Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. On this edition of Primetime Politics, the Prime Minister calls on the Catholic Church to apologize for its role in residential schools and to release all documents, and he raises the possibility of taking the Church to court. We'll discuss it all with our panel of MPs. We'll also hear from a Canadian lawyer who's part of a group trying to get the International Criminal Court to investigate Canada's residential schools. And our journalist panel weighs in on a week where the issue of reconciliation was front and centre. How is the Trudeau government doing? And we start with Justin Trudeau, who was asked on Friday about the Vatican's refusal to give an apology for the residential school system and to release all relevant documents. The Prime Minister says as a Catholic, he's disappointed, and he raised the issue several years ago when he met with Pope Francis. And for the first time, he talked about taking the Catholic Church to court. Now, before uh, we have to start taking the Catholic Church to court, uh, I am very hopeful uh, that uh, religious leaders uh, will understand that this is something they need to participate in and not hide from, uh, that forgiveness and redemption uh, is a path uh, we all uh, are told we should be walking on through our faith. Uh, and uh, I am um, confident that the Catholic Church is hearing these calls very clearly and is understanding the kind of dismay and grief that many Canadians are feeling right now at seeing uh, the continued lack of action. Joining me now are three MPs from the different parties. Jaime Batiste is a Liberal MP for the Cape Breton riding of Sydney, Victoria, and the first Mi'kmaq to be elected to the House of Commons. Jamie Schmale is a Conservative MP for the Ontario riding of Halliburton, Quartha Lakes, Brock, and his party's critic for Crown Indigenous Affairs. And Charlie Angus is the NDP MP for Timmins, James Bay, and critic for, uh, for Indigenous Youth. All three of you, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I want to start with a press conference that we just saw today on Friday with the Prime Minister, uh, and he addressed a lot of you know, a week that's had a lot of Indigenous issues and reconciliation issues. He, um, for the first time, mentioned the possibility of Canada taking the Catholic Church to court to try and obtain documents that have so far not been disclosed uh, with regards to residential schools. What, do you, what should we make of that, uh, Jaime Batiste? I think that we're, many parties have a role in reconciliation. Uh, the federal government has a role. You know, within the calls to action, there's 30 uh, role calls to action that actually talk about the province as well. I do think the Catholic Church has a, a role to play in this. Uh, as a Catholic myself, as, a, as an Indigenous person myself, it's, uh, it's one of those things that we need to find the truth. We need to give uh, the, the survivors the closure and the justice that they deserve. And, and what we're looking at right now is how we can do that best. And, that, and it's not going to be a pan-Aboriginal or pan-Indigenous approach. What we really need to do is work with the regions of the 130 different residential schools across Canada and figure out how we can respectfully do this in a way that is acknowledging 
the, the customary protocols of those different nations, but at the same time, ensuring that we find the truth and ensuring that we're doing everything that we can talk to the, uh, to the Catholic uh, Council of Bishops and saying, we need uh, some answers for these survivors and but we need some answers for all the indigenous youth. And that's where we really need to focus on is that reconciliation. Okay, I mean, I guess the question is, though, I mean, was this just an off-the-cuff comment by the Prime Minister, or is this a serious thing that's been building? We heard Mark Miller, uh, the, one of the ministers, uh, earlier in the week referencing the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops and that's squarely on their shoulders, but has this been discussed in caucus, or has this been discussed seriously among your government about now formally going to court to try and get documents from the Vatican and from the higher instances of the Catholic Church? Well, you might be aware that I, I can't disclose what happened right. in caucus. Um, that's, that's but have there been discussions? Has this been something that's been breeded about, or is, it, or is this just something off the cuff? It's not something off the cuff, but I can't tell you what's uh, going on in caucus. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. No, that's fine. Um, Jamie Schmale, what do you make of these, this latest development with regards to the Catholic Church? Well, thank you. And Jaime's uh, right on that one uh, comment he made, how there's a lot of different facets to this. Uh, there's also the part about the truth and reconciliation reports, the calls to action, the calls to justice in the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls uh, report and how we get there. So I, I think there are a lot of moving parts in this and uh, and we need to get answers and we need to see action. And I think that's what Indigenous communities right now want is, is action. And uh, we of course, uh, mourn. I think the whole country mourns at right. uh, the discovery of the 215 bodies at, in Kamloops. Should there be more vigorous action, though, on the front of the Catholic Church? I'm going to speak a little later with a, a lawyer from Calgary who is uh, leading a charge to try and bring this whole matter before the International Court, uh, International Criminal Court, the ICC and The Hague. Should, be there, should there be, on the part of the Government of Canada, more action, uh, court action even, uh, with regards to getting documents from the Catholic Church? I'll leave that up to the government, what it wants to do, and then we'll, we'll also be presenting our plan. In the previous parliament, uh, you might recall there was a, a motion that the uh, Catholic Church uh, do apologize for their role. I, I supported that motion. And, and there's been, I think, a number of steps uh, after that to, to try to get uh, some healing to, to these communities that have been dealing with so much. Okay, Charlie Angus, you're no uh, newcomer to this. I know you have had discussions with Catholic Church officials on this. Uh, what's your position? Where do you think we stand uh, with these latest developments, with this new public attention on this issue uh, with regards to the Catholic Church? Well, well, I think there's two things here that are really important. Um, certainly, I've met with uh, the papal nuncio a couple of times. I brought the motion calling on the papal apology, and the Catholic Church has refused to turn over those documents. And I think we are at a point of looking at criminal investigations against the Oblates and a number of other orders. However, I find it interesting the Prime Minister saying this today on the same day that Mark Miller told Canadians that he was in secret negotiations with the survivors of St. Anne's Residential School. That's false. That's a lie. They need to stop lying. The Prime Minister said he's not in court against Indigenous children. That's a lie. He needs to stop lying. So I think the Prime Minister recognizes that People are really angry at the church's failure, so maybe they're trying to deflect attention. But the issue is on Monday, we will be voting in Parliament, calling on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to end the federal court cases on Jordan's um, principle, ending the fight against compensation, stop the obstruction of the Human Rights Tribunal that has 19 non-compliance orders. And we're giving them a timeline to call 
the survivors of St. Anne's Residential School and stop their toxic legal war and sit down. That is what reconciliation looks like. That is what Canadians will start to believe this prime minister really means it. And once we've got that down, then yeah, then let's talk about what the Catholic Church needs to do. But right now, we're not seeing honest answers from the prime minister. Okay, well, that's interesting because that was my next question. On Monday, you all are going to, as MPs, be voting on that motion your NDP motion, uh, Charlie Angus, or one of your colleagues. Uh, Jamie Schmeo, uh, how will your Conservative caucus colleagues be voting on that NDP motion, uh, asking for the government to fund forensic investigation of possible burial sites and, as Charlie has described, to cease and desist on these outstanding court actions? We uh, will be voting in favour of that NDP motion for a number of reasons. Uh, I think the community, I think Indigenous communities, I think Canadians in general uh, want to, to see some action. And we have called for a number of the points in the NDP motion to be acted upon. Uh, as you just mentioned, the funding of the uh, residential school sites to, to get... Uh, direction from the communities themselves on what they want to do, but also start examining because I, I think the, uh, the the very real possibility of more of these sites popping up is is very real and the, and the government needs to bring closure to those families who are waiting for those answers. Okay, Jaime Batista, how will you and your Liberal colleagues be voting on that motion next this Monday? Well, I think I'm going to sit down with my Indigenous caucus. We have an Indigenous caucus within the Liberal government, and we're going to be having that discussion about whether we support it or not. I think that the the the, the I think it's aspirational, and I think it's really good the principles that they're going with, especially around accelerating uh, reconciliation. Uh, I, I'm I've been uh, someone who uh, has for much of my adult life, wrote about reconciliation, done presentations about it, uh, taught about this. I think this is an important thing that we need to move forward on. Uh, I, I don't, I have to ask a little bit more questions around the court cases that we're currently going through. You know, there's a big point about the court cases is that, you know, they're meant to find the facts and, and figure out what we can do. I don't think I'll be voting against uh the motion for sure, but I just uh, don't know where the rest of my Indigenous caucus or my caucus colleagues are at this point, so I can't really comment on, on that, but I do support uh, okay. the principles of it. Is it going to be a free vote for your uh, Liberal MPs? I don't, I don't know that yet. I'll, I'll have to talk to the House okay. leader. Okay, um, and now all indications are it's going to pass because all of the opposition parties are going to vote for it. Uh, do you think the government should act on it? You, I mean, I know you say that you're not sure about the aspects of it where it calls for the government, to, your government, to cease and desist the legal actions. I think that uh, we are taking the steps that move forward on, on reconciliation. You know, we've got royal assent on the National Day of Act. National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, which is a really important, has got all party support. I think that we need to move forward on reconciliation in a nonpartisan way. I, I look forward to me to talking with uh, all, all uh, parties about this and moving forward on it. It is an important issue in Canada. It's important in light of the 215 uh, children's bodies that we we've discovered this week, but it past that. You know, we're going to be seeing more with the 130 residential schools. Marie Sinclair has told us that we have to be prepared to see, to, to know that there's more bodies and that we all have a role to play in reconciliation. We're just starting to understand in the head and the information what Indigenous people have been telling us for, for years, for if not generations. And so and right now we're all feeling something about it, but it is within our hands to act. And that's what I said in the House yeah. during the emergency debate, that we okay. really need to have action. So and some case. of that is a part of the budget that we're, we're in. Okay, a last word to Charlie on the, on the motion. 
Well, uh, my colleague is not really aware of the court cases. I'm, I'm surprised. Canada was found guilty. This government was found guilty of willful and reckless. Those are the terms of willful and reckless discrimination. They said it was the worst case they'd seen. If the government had sat down six years ago, they wouldn't have been hit by the $40,000 per child compensation. They got hit by that because the government refused it every step of the way. And the Human Rights Tribunal said because of the overwhelmingly negative approach of this Trudeau government. And what the government is saying, and I asked my colleague to ask his, his Indigenous caucus about this, the government's position at the courts is that because Indigenous children many of whom died in this broken system, suffered systemic discrimination. They aren't eligible for individual compensation. So imagine the principle that they're saying. If we can discriminate against an entire group of people just because they're Indigenous children, none of them are entitled to individual compensation. Okay. That's what the Prime Minister's put forward in court, and that's what the Liberals will be standing to say they support that vision, or they will be standing to say, no, we have to stop this. Uh, toxic war okay, against the, Indigenous children and do the right thing. So that's that. that's going to be their choice on Monday. Okay, on that note, we will all watch with great interest that vote on Monday, but we'll watch also this whole issue. And I want to thank all three of you. Uh, thanks very much for taking part and have a, have a good weekend. Thanks for having us. The anger over the residential school legacy and the sorrow over the discovery of that common grave in Kamloops, B.C. has spurred a group of Alberta lawyers to launch an attempt to get the International Criminal Court, the ICC, based in The Hague, to launch an official investigation of Canada's residential school system. Jonathan Dennis is a former Alberta Justice Minister, and he's part of the group making representations to the International Court. Mr. Dennis, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. What is it exactly that you want the ICC, the International Criminal Court, to investigate? So the ICC has jurisdiction to investigate crimes which may have taken place back to 2002, but the ongoing issues may make this eligible for this independent investigation. Uh, we are simply asking that there be an independent and an impartial investigation into what specifically has happened here. And in a situation like this, the most independent and impartial investigation is from an international body, and that's what the ICC is uh, designed to do. Okay, now you mentioned that the ICC, by its, I think it's called the Rome Treaty, only investigates things going back to 2002. With this residential system, it, didn't, it doesn't exist anymore, and it, the last residential school closed in 1996. Does that mean the ICC wouldn't have jurisdiction over this? That's not a possible... You're quite correct that this, that the, this residential school closed in 1978. That being said, okay. the ongoing issues and the issue of discoverability didn't happen until after 2002. So our argument is that the ICC actually does have jurisdiction and a mandate uh, to investigate this. Uh, what would have to, have to happen, they have to first conduct a preliminary investigation and uh, the Office of the Prosecutor would then determine if there is sufficient evidence of crimes, of sufficient gravity falling within their jurisdiction. I'll be honest, if this isn't it, I don't know what is. Okay, um, well, what exactly would you have them looking into? Because obviously now, uh, Indigenous communities are asking for investigation, forensic searches, possible burial grounds. You want the whole widest issue of uh, all behaviour and, and possible criminal behaviour investigated? Absolutely. Specifically, what happened in the broadest sense and uh, what, uh, what led up to it. Uh, the actors who the actors who were involved and a, a broader question is the whole issue of reconciliation is uh, i've had many people say to me can we even start on the path to reconciliation where we don't actually have the facts and we actually haven't determined what happened and the icc would is the ultimate venue of impartiality and uh and independence um it's also important not just that justice be done but justice be seen to be done 
the public confidence in the system is very important in a case like this. What about, and you've watched all week, and all week long we've heard federal ministers and them alluding to indigenous community groups saying that this has, has to be driven by indigenous community groups. And their suggestion is that something like the ICC is coming in over everyone's heads. You've got an international, high-powered instance looking at this whole issue. And a lot of what we're hearing from federal leaders is that this has got to be something that has to be grassroots, originated, determined, decided uh, on by indigenous communities. Well, I, I absolutely agree that uh, indigenous communities have to be involved. And we have 29 people who signed on uh, to this letter, some of whom do, do have indigenous background. Uh, the reality is, is if we're going to move forward uh, as a nation with a full partnership for our indigenous communities, we've got to get to the bottom of this, find out specifically what happened, and um, do our best on that on that particular path. The um, Prime Minister this, uh, well, today, eluded or suggested, or for the first time at least invoked, the idea of a court case uh, against the Catholic Church. Uh, and one would have to determine what instances of the Catholic Church, whether it would be the Vatican or other components, uh, to try and access documents which they haven't provided. Would the ICC target that as well? Would that be part of the purview of what you'd like the ICC to look into? And this again shows again why the ICC's uh, uh, involvement here is, is necessary because you're dealing with uh, the Vatican City, which is an independent state. You're dealing with some international documents. Uh, the best way to do this is, doing, is through the, the international process. You're dealing with many, many different actors here. I agree with you that if those documents are still available, they absolutely should be produced. But at the same time, we shouldn't prejudge what's gone on. We need to have an investigation, determine the facts, and then go from that point. If the ICC were not to uh, decide to look into this, what other instances are there? Because we've heard from the UN this week on two different occasions, but this has been things like the Human Rights Commission and the UN General Assembly. What, are there other entities that might be something you're thinking of? Uh, the Prime Minister could actually uh, call a public inquiry. Uh, again, uh, uh, well, the question that I often ask is, what does the average uh, person think about the judicial system? And, uh, and how independent it is. The independence of this process is paramount. And I, I still remain that the ICC Avenue is going to be uh, the, uh, the best optically so that people have confidence in the process, uh, having fully disinterested uh, international uh, uh, observation and oversight of this whole process. So the prime minister could call a public inquiry, uh, but I, I still maintain that the ICC okay. Avenue is the best way to go. Okay, a last question on a very narrow issue, and that is that uh, Marie Sinclair, the former, uh, the former head of the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, told the Parliamentary Committee yesterday that on the very narrow issue, just of forensic searches, digging and looking and investigating potential burial sites, he doesn't want the federal government involved in that. He says that should also be done by an independent entity responsible maybe to a parliamentary committee. He says the, the federal government is party to this and shouldn't be investigating it. What's your take on that? I would agree with that, actually. The, the, the fact that uh, even though there's a, a different actors uh, in the federal government or, or in, other, in other related areas uh, that are no longer there, uh, the perception, again, of independence and impartiality is, is key here. And I would add, this also is not a partisan issue. Uh, this is an issue for all Canadians, left, right, center. Uh, any idea when you might have any response from the ICC? Uh, we just submitted it this week. Uh, there is an old adage, unfortunately, that the wheels of justice turn slowly. But I, I think that this is something that should be expedited because uh, it is uh, potentially uh, something uh, really horrific in this country. You need to get to the bottom of this so we can move together and heal as a nation. Okay, Mr. Dennis, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thank you and good day.
Well, joining me now to look at the week in federal politics are two journalist colleagues. Tonda McCharles is a parliamentary reporter for the Toronto Star, and Ian Bailey is with the Globe and Mail's Ottawa Bureau, and he's the author of the Globe's Politics Briefing Newsletter. Both of you, thanks for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Hi, how are you doing? Okay, now this was a week, obviously, it's one of the few weeks where COVID-19 is being bumped from our, our discussion because this was a week so completely dominated by issues relating to Canada's Indigenous people. Um, let's mm -hmm. start with and let's focus on the first big event, and that is the government's handling of the residential school issue since it exploded with that discovery last week of those graves in, uh, in Kamloops, B.C. Uh, I want to look at the government, how it has handled it over the week, with a week which started one way and ended with the Prime Minister about possibly taking the Catholic Church to court. Uh, Tonda, what do you make of it? Right. Well, I think that, I mean, I asked those questions around those documents because that is the one thing that is within the federal government's control. And all week long, in response to the tragic story in Kamloops, we've heard the federal government say all our response has to be Indigenous-led and led by the communities. And that is true. However, there are Indigenous-led research centers that are trying to support Kamloops and other communities that are demanding documents within the possession of the federal government. They are both federal government-generated documents and records that the churches themselves generated, but are in the possession of various archives in the country, including the federal government's possession. And they're demanding access to those documents. And so, you know, I, I, by uh, at the end of seven days after that news first broke, we still didn't have a clear answer. Why won't the government literally compel those documents? And I found the prime minister's answer today kind of puzzling. He, he continues to insist that it's up to Catholics to pressure the Catholic Church, which is the one that's withholding them, um, to release them. And it's up to Catholics to pressure the Catholic Church and the priests and the bishops to get the Pope to apologize for the church's role in these things. And it's kind of astonishing to me. I, I feel like he threw that out about, you know, before we go to use other tools and before we, you know, resort to start suing the court. I don't think that is actually something that is on the table. I mean, we heard in a committee this week, um, federal officials saying, the, throwing up their hands and saying the federal government doesn't have mm -hmm. the legal ability. But in fact, many of the lawyers involved in these kinds of cases say the federal government actually does. So I think stay tuned. I think that's still an unresolved question, but it's a huge one. It's one that's really on the minds of Canadians. They don't want to be lectured about how they should and shouldn't feel about this. They know how they feel about it. They're outraged. They want to do anything they okay. can to help. What they don't understand is the federal role. Okay, Ian, uh, what do you make of this? There's so many aspects to this issue. We saw some funding announced this week. Uh, Carolyn Bennett, a Crown Indigenous Relations Minister, accessing, saying that groups can now access $27 million in funding, but there have been questions about the response, about the timing, about how long it's take, taken. Uh, what do you make of the response? Well, what I saw this week, and especially today, is a government struggling to sort of be ahead of the public anger on this file, the public concern on this file. Um, um, a, a politician out here in BC once spoke about the, the best strategy for a government in situations sort of uh, where the public is angry to try and get ahead of that anger and embrace that anger. And it seemed reflected in the Prime Minister's uh, striking comments on the Catholic Church today. But but as Tonda says, the um, the federal government has considerable responsibility on this file uh, in terms of documents. But also much of this has unfolded in the lifetime of the Trudeau government. And so this is an issue that they own and one they're going to own going forward. You know, I'm in British Columbia as we're talking today and on the steps of the, the art gallery not far from this room, there's a shrine. Um, it's a shrine reflecting last week's disclosure with the 
deaths of more than 200, the burial of more than 200 children. And at all hours of the day, all day, there are people there uh, at that those steps looking at what they're seeing there. And I just mentioned this to say, this isn't going away, I don't think. I mean, um, this is going to be around for a very long time. Okay. It's, it's going to affect British Columbia. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's not going, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but it's not going to go away also because on Monday, there's going to be a vote in the House of Commons on an NDP motion asking the government both to guarantee funding for forensic searches of any place where a First Nation community would ask for that kind of search of a potential burial site, but also for the government to cease and desist any of the court challenges that it has outstanding on three different fronts uh, with regards to Indigenous people. Uh, that motion is going to pass because it's going to have the support of all the, in, all the opposition parties. Uh, what do you make of that, Ian? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's another chapter in this long story. Um, you know, the motion will pass. We heard the prime minister at length rationalizing the government position today, and I, I don't suspect that's going to change. We also heard uh, Minister Miller earlier in the day, sort of, as I recall, speaking to this. So it will pass, but the government is entrenched in their position on this matter of sort of working this through to, as I guess the prime minister said, make sure that these, uh, these young people get some kind of compensation. Okay, I want to I want to get to the other big development because it was equally as big, and many would say that it's a it's a very forward-looking development. And that is uh, about murdered and missing Indigenous women and and girls. Uh, the government's response after two years two years after the the final report from the National Inquiry, the government came through with its response or its its pathway this week. Tonda, what do you make of it? Uh, some people are saying it's too little, too late, it's too timid, and there's not enough details. Today, Carolyn Bennett, the uh, Crown Indigenous Relations Minister, was saying, no, no, there are details. It will be costing. There, there are concrete commitments. What do you make of it? Look, uh, what was released was um, several documents, in fact, documents and plans that were not just the federal government's plan, but by other organizations that are involved in uh, dealing with the various um, issues around missing and murdered Aboriginal women um, and girls. And so it was a bit of a, a messy rollout in this respect. Um, everything was sort of put on the table and it wasn't clear. Whoops, sorry guys. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> it's all right. Are you all go right? On. Yeah, keep going. Um, so it wasn't clear what exactly initially was the federal government's commitment. And the federal okay. government's commitments in this area span a whole number of uh, actions, if you will. Um, some of them are, are involving housing and shelters, and uh, some of them involve getting the RCMP involved in reopening uh, unresolved cases. And um, there's, a, there's a massive number of actions there that they, they suggest that they will pursue as priorities. And they've put down $2.2 billion over five years to achieve some of those. Um, look, it was a long time coming. The process of getting to yesterday was very fraught. We saw some takeaway groups, the Native mm -hmm. Women's Association of Canada, preempted all of that the other day by saying it was a bad process and here's our plan. And this will cost three, $30 million a year to implement. They've got specific actions. There are other critics who came for it. I think, look, these are complex issues and um, the relationships about who gets say how things get done and led complicate all of the resolution of those issues. We saw that in spades this week, uh, not mm -hmm. just on the burials front, but on the responding to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls, and now this other inquiry, the missing and murdered Aboriginal women. And so I think that Bennett says we can hold governments to account with these documents. I'm not so sure. Um, okay. The She's also saying that this is meant to prevent other governments from rolling back the progress they've made. Um, 
frankly, I think that it's going to be pretty hard to do because uh, it was a very, very complicated, complex yeah. document that I don't think Canadians have got their arms around yet. Okay, Ian, I want to end on you, on your comments on this. This, of course, has been such a huge issue in, New Br in, in British Columbia, uh, where you mm -hmm. are now, uh, because of the highway of death, for example, the highway of tears, I think it's called. I mean, the, the, yeah. this issue is so huge. One of the comments was from Marion Buller, the former uh, lead of the uh, inquiry, and her comment yesterday was that there were several measures that could have been announced within days of the release of their final report two years ago, for example, creating a deputy commissioner of corrections and new RCMP responsibilities and prevention measures and crime enforcement uh, and better cell phone reception. You know, th there were things that could have been announced within weeks and it's taken two years. I wonder just for your general impressions of it. Well, you know, it, it, uh, this report was coming. Would it have come out this way if not for the disclosures of last week, uh, disclosures about what's happened to Kamloops? It, it seems a bit short and a bit of promises given this file has gone on for quite some time. So it's, it seems, um, <coughs> excuse me, it seems, um, you know, well-intentioned, but just a lot more promises, but we'll see. I mean, this is really for the Indigenous community of Canada to, to, to many degrees, consider and decide whether it works for them and whether it's justified for them. Okay, something tells me we won't be, uh, this won't be the last we speak on both of these issues and on the overall <laughs> issue of reconciliation. I want to thank both of you. Wish you a good weekend. Same to you. All the best. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Primetime Politics. I'm Martin Stringer from all of us here at CPAC. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend.